Welcome to the sounds of Salwell from Mercury International. In this episode, Richard Hyam examines the link between active selling and customer retention. Richard, elsewhere in our discussions around customer retention, we've talked about the importance of customer analysis. I know that we're going to move on to the customer service piece as well. But I first mentioned to me about 15 years ago that the best form of retention is when you keep selling to the customer. Is that true? Absolutely. I think it's also one of the most overlooked ones. It's not always the glamorous side of selling. I think in most organizations, the the heroes are the ones who... um, climb out of the trenches and run into a hail of fire and die in the process. Um, I think that if if you measure it on impact on the company, the people who grow and sell into existing relationships uh, are the real heroes. I did a comparison recently of a professional service firm um, who had sold two around about 150,000 euro projects into two insurance companies pretty well in the same certain of the same month um, and the first one uh, grew a little bit and then faded away to nothing and two years later no income at all yeah uh, the other relationship was managed there was active selling going on there was cross-selling going on uh, and when we looked over an eight-year period case two had generated eight and a half times more volume and 15 times more profit than case one. So, uh, yeah, it's got to be done. So how how did they generate that extra profit? They did a number of things. They extended the life cycle of the first product, the core product. So they found ways to keep actively selling it so that it lasted, in fact, for just over eight years, this core product. Um, They started selling early. So as soon as they had one success, they started talking about the next offering. Whereas in the first case, they thought, oh, well, we don't want to look greedy. Uh, we better yeah. just let this product yeah. bed in. Yeah. We can talk about that later. Uh, often the best time to sell is when the customer's taken a decision to buy and needs to reinforce that with the next purchase. Um, there was much more team selling that went on, much wider contact face, um, refusal to be complacent. The account leader uh, drove the team continually to look at yes. what new business, um, talked to a lot of people, listened, uh, a whole load of things went on to make for good key account selling. Okay, so as well as the active selling part of that, you mentioned their cross-selling. Now, cross-selling I've heard many people speak about, and, and quite eloquently, I've seen it done less well. Right, it's a big subject, Andrew, and I think that in another podcast we're going to talk about cross-selling and, and where that comes in specifically, uh, because in my view there are four barriers to cross-selling that need to be overcome. We can talk about those in more detail elsewhere, yeah. but they are areas like trust between divisions. It's about enough but not too much product knowledge. Uh, it's about process and it's about reward. So I agree, it's cross-selling tends to be a big disappointment. When it works, it's fantastic. I was yep. uh, talking to a, a division head a few weeks ago in a retail bank who'd taken uh, their product penetration from an average of 1.3 products per customer to well over four. And you could just sense the difference and it was having on economic profit and confidence and, of course, customer attitude. Because, strangely enough, customers who are sold too well 
tend to be happier customers. Well, yeah, and the, the fact that you have four products from the same supplier creates a certain amount of, um, of inertia, both the negative inertia of the hassle factor of changing, but the positive inertia of, well, I really trust this brand or I really trust these people, therefore I'm going to keep doing business with them. Yeah, and there's good documentation out there about uh, the increased loyalty of well-penetrated uh, clients in that way. So for sure, that's, uh, that, that makes a difference. Yeah. But within these relationships then, Richard, um, there has to be a role surely for bringing some new dynamic or something new and interesting or new and exciting to the customer. Right. Well, I'm going to need to use my hands here on this podcast, uh, Andrew, but there's I'm a... I'm looking forward to this one. <laughs> there's a document uh, that I'd be very happy to send out to people uh, and with it comes an Excel tool because I think the mistake that's made about cross-selling is that we either relate it to the people we sell to or the products that we're offering. Okay. Whereas in fact, it's both. And we need both a vertical axis, the contacts, and a horizontal axis, the products. Okay. So down at the bottom, as it were, you have your continuity selling, talking about the same things that you've always talked about to the same people, but just selling more of them. Then what we've got to do is there's a great opportunity to talk about the same proven solutions to others in that organization or others in that family. So, you know, we've been successful in bringing your car insurance with you. And recently we've seen in the UK huge growth of you know, bring all your cars in the family onto one policy. Indeed. Same product, new people, but within that group. Equally, it may well be that if you're already taking motor insurance from us, why aren't you also taking your household insurance from yep. us? So we can cross-sell product. We can bring those two things together by bringing new products to new people. So it may be, and let's take this now into the commercial environment, uh, that it may well be that we've been talking to the, the risk manager about insurance renewals. But should we not also be talking to the finance director about balance sheet issues? Sure. So it's a new offering or a different offering which may well need a new point of contact. Sure. So all of those things together compromise or c comprise <coughs> cross-selling. I agree. Now, in talking to clients about this over many years, um, there's been either um, a fear or a reticence about making these new contacts and about networking out from a familiar contact. What is your advice there? Grow up. I mean, it's, you know, that's what we're there to do. Now, of course you need to do it well, but to say, oh, I'm embarrassed or I don't want to seem greedy, uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, and what a pleasure it is and how much easier it is to do. We last year did uh, an analysis. We surveyed 82 financial institutions uh, around Europe. And one of the questions that we wanted to ask them was how much more effort does it take to win business from a new prospect than from an existing customer? Yeah. And I'm sure this comes as no surprise. But overall, what came out was to win 10 pieces of business from an existing customer 
This is mainly business to business. Takes 17 contacts. That was the finding from these institutions. Okay. Whereas to win the same number of pieces of business from prospects takes 33 contacts. So when you begin to look at that in more detail, uh, just the numbers mean that we're crazy if we're not actively selling. And happy to just go into those numbers in a wee bit more detail, if that would help. Okay, but I'm sure it would. So if people want to get more specifics around that, what should they do? Uh, again, happy to speak on the phone, plus four four seven seven one two five eight eight seven five seven, or drop me an email, um, richard Hyam at mercury.co.uk, a uh, couple of things that would be happy to send you. Uh, one of the findings of this survey, uh, for instance, one thing that came out, 2.1 times more sales visits to convert a prospect and 2.3 times longer to close a piece of new business. So when you put those things together, it's almost five times more sales effort to win business from a prospect them from a customer. Happy to send you that data. Also, when I was talking about the, the axes of contact and customer, we've got quite a neat little uh, Excel spreadsheet that would allow you to analyse that, and there's a paper I've written that goes with it on business growth. So happy to, to send that to anyone who wants it. Okay, those are all available through, uh, through contact with yourself. Absolutely. Can I have one final question? Yeah, sure. I've, I've understood the... Um the thrust of your argument and the sense of your argument about being active, about bringing something new, about cross-selling and about managing the contact face. Why don't more people do this, Richard? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. Uh, one is we think the, the selling job is done. But I remember, again, for a professional service firm, uh, doing an analysis of um, what customers thought about that firm. And one of the things that came up again and again is you don't sell to us enough. And the argument was, well, you know us better than anyone knows us. You're all over us like a rash. You're in and out of our offices. You understand our issues. There must be things, new things that you're doing that you should be telling us about. And what happens, in fact, is that prospects hear new things from providers because I have no service issues with you because yep. I'm not doing business yep. with you. If I'm managing an existing relationship, all I talk to you about is the boring stuff. Now, it's important, but it's boring. And I don't tell you about the new stuff that we're really excited about and we're telling our prospects. And yet I know you better as a customer than I know any prospect. There's one other thing that in finishing that we need to watch out for. What tends to happen is that the more you're trusted the less you find yourself speaking to the top of the business. So you may have sold to a CFO. The CFO now trusts you. And so you find yourself talking to somebody three or four or five levels lower because, yeah. oh, we trust Andrew. Whereas in fact, what you need to be doing is getting yourself back in front of your high level contacts and talking about new ideas, new things, and get some excitement into the relationship. Thank you.